Hello, and welcome to today's Conversations on Leadership, powered by Life University. I am your host, Dr. Joe Lamarche. As we do with every episode, let me start with a quote that I believe exemplifies our guest today. This is a Peter Drucker quote. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things for the right reasons. And when you meet this gentleman, you'll know that this is a perfect quote that exemplifies our guest. His name is Dr. Josh Axe. He has an impact on health and wellness, literally, yes, across America, but around the globe. And we have no time to read any part of his bio or give you a long introduction other than saying, if you want to know more about him after this podcast, go to draxe.com. You'll get to learn all sorts of great things about our very special guest today. So welcome, Dr. Josh Axe. Hey, Jules. Thanks so much for having me. Excited. Uh, anytime we get, to, we get to chat. No, I appreciate you taking time. I know how busy you are building a great company, delivering great services across the globe. And the fact that you would take time to be part of this podcast, I'm honored to actually have you with me. Um, I was chatting with you briefly before we started the recording, and I said I want to go down sort of a bit of a different line with this podcast, because I also believe that you exemplify this statement. The first person that you must lead is you. And I've watched you. I've watched you shift, grow for just the last few years. But you exemplify that. And I'd love for you to share with the audience, what does Josh do to lead Josh so that you can be the exceptional man, doctor, leader, businessman, husband, father now of a one-year-old? How does Josh lead Axe? What's the magic to leading Josh's life? Yeah, well, it, it makes me think of this, Jills. I think, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so for myself, I want to give love. I want to give kindness. I want to give generously, uh, all, you know, all, all things that are going to benefit and add value to people. But if you don't have that within you, if you haven't filled yourself up, it's hard to give that to others. And so for myself, I am very conscious about leading myself well, filling myself up with the right things. And number one, you know, I really get those, these downloads from, from God. You know, I think for myself starting off, I realize when I have a God that loves me so much, uh, you know, one, I'm getting filled that way. And then I'm adding that to others. And I'll give you an example. I've been very, con there, there's a few things I'm really conscious of. One is my daily habits. You know, I, li I literally believe that you become your habits over time. You know, as Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. And so if we are what we do, or if we are our habits, getting those daily habits in every single day is so crucial. And doing them for one day may not mean a lot, but you do those for one year, five, 10 years, they really add up. And so there are certain things I do with my habits. And the second thing, which I'll talk about for a minute uh, after I go through the others is you become who you surround yourself with. I think your habits and your environment of those people you are around consistently, those are probably the two biggest things that really shape and change who we are as people and also create more success in our business and our relationships and our personal lives. And so my habits, I start off every morning with what I call my spiritual triathlon, okay? So I believe number one, we need to fill ourselves up and help grow our our health spiritually and our character. 
So my spiritual triathlon is I start off every morning connecting with God and saying what I'm grateful for. So I say, God, I am so thankful for my beautiful daughter who's one years old and she's healthy and happy. I'm so grateful for my, you know, brilliant wife, Chelsea, who uh, is just, you know, iron sharpens iron for me, but we have, you know, just, I love being around her. She's my best friend. And so, so I just go through and tell God all the things I'm so grateful for. And then I spend time uh, reading. Okay. So I'll read the Bible or a personal growth book or a leadership book. I'm reading a book now by Jim Collins called Built to Last. I'm reading another spiritual growth book called Visioneering, which is actually about biblical leadership by Andy Stanley. So I spend time reading and then I'll spend time in prayer and meditation. So I may read something even from the Bible. Let's say it's 1 Corinthians you know, in 13 getting into love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. And then I'll meditate and I'll, and I'll pray and I'll say, God, would you speak to me right now about this verse and how I can apply it to my life? And I'll think about, okay, was I not kind to somebody this week? Maybe there's a customer service rep and I just, you know, I lost my, you know, I started getting impatient and I'll think about, okay, I don't want to do that again. I want to make sure every interaction I have is with loving kindness and how can I love and be kind to Chelsea more this week and my business partners. And so it's that. And so I spend time in that meditation and prayer and asking God for, hey, things that I, you know, things that I need, ways I want to partner with him. But it's really those three things. It's I, my spiritual triathlon is gratitude and praise and then it's reading, and then it's that prayer and meditation. And I start off every morning like that. And I'm telling you, and I, I usually do that for about an hour. So I go from 6 to 7 a.m. every morning, and I spend time growing myself. And then I'll have you know something healthy like a collagen superfood smoothie. And then I tend to connect with Chelsea and Arwen for a little bit. You know, I might play with you know Ar Arwen while I talk with Chelsea for 30 minutes. And then from 8 to 9, I do my workout. So from 6 to 9 a.m., I'm spending all morning with those daily habits. And then at 9 a.m., I kick off my work week and start diving in there to work. And then when I go to bed at night, I read for an hour uh, from eight from eight thirty to nine thirty, and then listen to a, a book or Bible on audio for fifteen minutes. While I get so, anyways, those are some of my habits. But I am filling myself up every day. And the other thing is, is I schedule time in with people that I believe have great character and are, and are world changers. As Solomon said, "Iron sharpens iron," and Solomon was the wisest person to ever live, according to the Bible and many throughout history. He was the wealthiest and the wisest. And so what did he do? And he says, you become who you surround yourself with. He said, iron sharpens iron, get around the right type of people. So I schedule time with my business partner, Jordan Rubin. He's a brilliant, he started, uh, you know, Garden of Life in the past, and now he cones ancient nutrition with me. So I spend time with him because he's got a world changer mindset. I spend time with friends of mine, like, like a mutual friend of ours, Dan Sullivan, an amazing doctor who wants to change the world. So I really spend time every single week trying to do breakfast with and, and spend time with people that want to change the world. And those people also fill me up and I look to fill them up. So, so you're right. I think if people are going to lead Jill's, they really need to lead themselves first. And I think two of the best ways that you grow and can add value and lead others well is by feeding yourself by reading and spiritual and leadership growth. Some of the things I shared with you and those daily habits and also focusing on being a around other people that are leaders that can support your growth? I'm so glad I asked you that question because obviously I love the answer. And, you know, I've shared this before, but the first words that I consciously input into my brain in the morning is 
Dear God, I greet this day with love in my heart, every person, every situation, every circumstance, because I choose to make my life sacred. So that's like the beginning of my preparation. And when you talked about gratitude, you know, I carry one of these little heart-shaped stones in my pocket all the time. I literally just took it out of my pocket when you said it. Amazing. It's, it's the first thing I put into my pocket when I get dressed in the morning. It's also the last thing I take out of my pocket when I uh, get undressed for, for bedtime. So I, I love the direction that you're taking this podcast interview because I know that if people listen and if they create a strategy and a ritual similar to what you're talking about, that their life will expand to the level that they're, that they're created to expand to. And so I believe so many people live below their capabilities. And this is a great way for them to get up to their capabilities and to lead themselves first before they lead others. So thank you for that. Yeah. I totally agree. And here's the other thing too. I just, I encourage people to be intentional. Like you're going to end up somewhere. You might as well decide where you end up. And I think, you know, when you're intentional about personal growth and leadership growth and spiritual growth, and you're scheduling those in to your day as part of daily habits, you're going to end up somewhere great. See the key, another key of what you just said is you've got to put it in your schedule. If you don't ink it, it doesn't happen, right? If you don't put it into your smartphone as a time where you're going to be doing that, the day goes by and you go, oh my gosh, I forgot. So yes, you've got to schedule it in your mind. And as busy as we all are, it's good to schedule it in your planner as well. Um, it's pretty obvious that somewhere along the line, you probably had a mentor or two or maybe more that actually provided you guidance that maybe set you on the path that you're currently on. Is there a particular person that had that impact on you? And how did they impact you? What was their teaching methodology? What kind of lessons did they share that you then chose to implement into your own life? Yeah, you know, I have several really incredible people that have poured into my life, and I'll share several of them. You know, one, I have my grandfather. My grandfather lived to be 96 years old, and he passed away a few years ago, but he was just an incredible man of God. And he actually dedicated his whole life to serving and loving people. At, in his 40s, he decided to retire from Ohio Bell. Ohio Bell. It was, uh, and he was in the Navy as well, and he... Um, and he decided he wanted to start like a water park and a campground for, uh, for people because he just loved, he loved kids, he loved families. So he started this and he operated it for 50 some years and up in Ohio. And so growing up as a kid, we would go up there and hang out. But my grandfather had a, a group of about 40 campers. People would go there and just camp and he would go back every day. And if somebody needed prayer, he would pray for them. If somebody had needed, uh, needed uh, food, he would give them food. If they maybe needed a free place to stay. To, so my, my, my grandfather just spent time serving these people. So I learned so much from him just by watching him. I had a dad who taught me a lot about discipline and just work ethic. So my dad, my dad had this thing when I was in high school where he just wanted to support us becoming more athletic. So before I came in from school every day, I had to do like a set of pull-ups and push-ups. And so, you know, just things like that. My dad had all these little things like, hey, before you come inside, you got to do a set of pull-ups. So like we, he always taught us a lot about discipline and hard work. My dad, when I was a kid, when I was coming off of a field, I walked one time and he's like, listen, anything you do, you got to give 100%. He's like, run, don't walk. You know, if you give anything, give 100% effort. So I learned from my dad a lot about, hey, don't, you know, leave it all on the field. Give it 100%. Anything you do, do it with excellence. And I think that spirit of excellence, I got a lot of that from my dad. And a couple other people, one is a life grad, uh, uh, Ben Lerner. 
and his group, I was part of a coaching group in the past. And let me say this about all people. Like, I I think that, you know, one of the things I learned from Ben specifically, I just want to say this is like, it's all about about being mission driven and passion driven. And along with Ben, there were other people in the group. Uh, One of my person I love, and he's passed at this time, but uh, Charles Majors. You know, Charles Majors was a dear friend. I lived with him one summer and interned in his office. And so those two people in particular, uh, Ben and Charles, those were both li- you know life grads that really poured into me and really, you know, taught me a lot about leadership. And again, being mission driven. So everything in life, hey, it's not about, it's not just about making money. It's not about you know, being comfortable in life. It's about actually making an impact and making a difference. And so I learned a lot about, hey, when you do things, do them for the right reasons, do it with, you know, do, do, do it to change the world, you know? So I think those are two people. And one are Jordan Rubin. Now, Jordan Rubin now is my business partner and one of my best friends. But my, when I first met Jordan, he was really a mentor to me. He gave me advice in terms of uh, writing a book and he endorsed my first book. And so Jordan, probably more than anybody I know, has had an impact on my life. And Jordan is a man of great character and great integrity. He really taught me, like, no matter what, do the right thing. Even if it costs you your platform, even if it costs, no, you know, really, no matter what the cost, do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And so for me, you know, Jordan Rubin has been an incredible mentor. And now, you know, I learned for a lot from people from afar, you know, a lot of pastors, a lot of business leaders like John Maxwell. I would say if there's somebody out there who really I uh, really follow their leadership principles, John Maxwell is probably number one on the list. But I would say that group of people have probably had the biggest impact on my life in terms of mentorship. Now, listen, I've paid and I've done a lot of mastermind groups over the years and business coaching and leadership coaching and, you know, and, and spiritual development. So I've done all of this because I really believe like we should be in investing in ourselves as well. But I would say in terms of a group of people, those are probably been had the biggest influence and impact on my life. It sounds like you planned your work and then you worked the plan. That's right. You know, I believe you get, for most people, you're going to get out what you put in, right? And so anytime I've ever done something like a, a mastermind group, which by the way, has had those sort of things have had big impacts on my life. But like, I, I actually don't need a lot of coaching. I just need a little bit. So I go through and if they say do it, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be fully coachable. I'm going to do 100%. And what happens a lot of times, Jills, is sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to take like, two, you know, I'm going to take a few little things, but not be fully coachable. And I think about, you know, the best athletes in the world that, you know, when you're, you know, for most of them that I know of, they listen, if their coach says it, they do it. I mean, they're, you know, in terms of, what it takes to have, you know, the greatest level of performance. So one of the most important things for growth and leadership is being a good follower. If you're not a good follower, you can't be a good leader. And I agree with you fully because if, it, if you're going to hire a mentor or have a mentor and only do a portion of what they teach you, you really are never going to get the results that you would get if you chose to be all in. So yep. certainly my experience in life has been that uh, true leaders are 100% in. And they're in almost 100% of the time. It's not that they don't fail every once in a while. They might trip up. But I know that you started off as a practicing chiropractor. Your mother got ill. You started doing tons of reading, tons of research um, on the nutrition side to help her. You've now built a very, very large company that that is continuing to thrive, serving people across the the globe, as I said a while ago. Um, And now, I mean, you're leading a big organization. So what are the most important decisions that you make as a leader? 
on a day-to-day basis with the team of people that you work with? Yeah, well, I would say this one, you know, we've got about 150 or more team members. That's just direct team members. There's probably over 200, you know, 200 we have as our general organization. But one of the things I really try and do is I try and stay connected to my top leaders. So when you look at our C-level and in our VPs, I have several that I do uh, weekly or biweekly calls with. And what I what I really focus on, my, my title at our company is Chief Visionary Officer. So I'm co-founder with Jordan and Chief Visionary Officer. And with that, I really consistently try and cast the vision and then pour into and add value to and look how I can serve our top team members. And so I really don't see myself as being at the top. I see myself as being at the bottom. And I really mean this for myself. I really want to focus on servant leadership. How do I serve my team in the greatest capacity possible? And here's what that might look like. You know, I've got a team member, Katie, who's just an incredible leader. And she is, um, she's from Vancouver, Canada. And she is a, our chief, chief strategy officer. So when I look at Katie, you know, Anytime I do a call with her, number one, I want to let her know like how, how much I value her. And I want to find the greatness in her. This is one of the biggest keys in leadership. You want to do two big things. You want to love the person and challenge the person. So you want to nourish and support the growth, but you also want to challenge and let them know how high their own ceiling is and, and, and really give them that vision of what they should be striving for. So somebody like Katie, she is one of the most brilliant strategists I've ever met in my entire life. So I'm going to make sure in every call with her, I let her know, hey, Kat, hey Katie, uh, I, you know, I, I noticed that, hey, when you put together this slide deck for, for how we grow our company, I was so blown away that you did this, this, and this. And I just want to let you know I'm so appreciative with, you know, the leader, you know, with the calls you've been doing with your team, the growth we've seen, all of these different things. So I, I let her know, I want to nourish her, I want to support her. And then I want to say, but Catherine, hey, one area, she goes by two names, Catherine and Katie, but I'm like, and then Katie, I'm like, I noticed we, we're only hitting this level here. I think we can go here. What do you think about that? I think we have the potential to do that. Yes. Okay. I, I'm absolutely with you. Let's go ahead and create this new standard here. And how can I support you in doing that? Do you need more, more support on your team? Do we need to bring in a new team member? What do we need to do now to hit this new level and this new standard? And hey, do this. Okay. Well, hey, I'm going to get on the phone with, with Jordan. We're going to talk. We're going to find a way to make sure you have the tools you need to achieve this. So, so that's what those conversations look like. And also I'm, I'm learning about her personal life in terms of her, in terms of the best. So we actually do some questions sometimes, Jills. We ask team members, what was the high part and the low part of your week in business, in your personal life. You know, we do monthly scorecards where we have people say also, they may have between one, like typically two to three main objectives they're responsible for to see how those are doing. And so, you know, during those calls with those leaders once a month too, we go through those scorecards individually, scoreboards for the entire organization. But I encourage what we're supposed to do at leaders is not criticize people and not belittle people. We're called to see the greatness within them, call that out, and they do everything we can to support and nourishing and loving them and challenging them to reach new heights. And so that's, that's a big part of my week is really connecting with our top team leaders and really supporting them in, 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 in growing. You know, I, I, I love that. Uh, no pun intended on the fact that you say you love your team. I tell my team all the time. Yep. And I know that in the world of business, sometimes they say, boy, you really shouldn't be doing that. But the reality is that when you care enough about the individual 
and their family, and you show them that caring, they grow. They grow as individuals. They grow in their own departments. They grow professionally. It's a completely different space, isn't it? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And so I think, I think, you know, you know, I think about our organization as a family. I mean, really, you know, I think that, you know, these are the people too. I love hanging around them. They inspire me. And when you're building a team, I think you should think about this. You know, you should think about who are, who is the team that uh, is going to be like family. We're sharing the same core values, the same ideology, that same mission in life. If you have somebody on your team and they don't share your values and your mission, that's not a right fit for the team. I'm reading a book now called Built to Last by Jim Collins. And they're really getting into that. The greatest, they go through the 18 most successful companies. Uh, and they, they said they, that that was a key characteristic is, you know, they, they, you know, the people within the organization shared the same core values and mission. Yeah, it makes total sense to me as well. But, and um, at Life University, we always refer to, you know, welcome to the Life family. Somebody joins the Life family or a student matriculates at Life. Yep. Uh, and I'm speaking to a group of, you know, first quarter students. I'll say, welcome to the Life family. And you can be part of this family if you choose. Yep. It requires that you participate, you know? Um, so good. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, John Maxwell a while ago, one of my favorite authors as well. Have you read the book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership? Many times. It's, it's very marked up. I just read it for a third time here this past, uh, about four months ago. So I'm in the process of reading it for the third time. Nice. Um, and with my team of leaders, sort of my upper level leaders, directors in, in my departments. And uh, each week, one of the leaders actually talks about that chapter. They give a synopsis of the chapter, what they've learned from the chapter. I wonder if you might recall the law of the lid. Oh, yeah. Is, which is the first one. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is your team can never grow bigger than you, okay? And so, and, and in terms of this, it's like, if you're a level eight leader, you're going to attract level six and seven leaders, right? But if you're a level four leader, leader, you can't expect a level nine and 10 leader to join your team. So really, it's what we started off this conversation with. And your great question is, your company can never grow bigger than you. And you typically won't attract a talent that, that is actually goes beyond your own level of leadership. And so, that is so that's why it is so key to be continually developing those habits, getting around the right people and focusing on leadership development. One of the things, Jill, we do at Ancient Nutrition, my company, is we actually have, this is our leadership development manual I put together. And I'll show you a group of some of the books we have on here. We have our mission statement, our vision statement. We have our ancient team core values. We have five core values there. Um, run to win the race, so do everything with excellence, committed to constant growth, take ownership, be a purpose-driven leader, and fight for one another and others. And then we also go through some of our books here. And you'll see here, oh, actually, first book is 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth by John Maxwell, and then 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So the 20 books, we got two of his on there. But we actually have a leadership development program where the entire team, everyone in our organization reads a book together. And then we get on once a month and we do a leadership training because it's part of our actually core identity as a company. But yeah, it is so important. That law of the lid is such a key principle in growing, uh, growing yourself and your, you know, your, 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 your family, your mission, all things. Everything, isn't it? Um, my next question for you, sort of my, maybe my, my next and maybe sure. last formal question. I know having watched your company grow from 
or know the story from like a $1 million company to a 10 million to a hundred to a multiple hundreds of million dollar company, you've already somehow encouraged creative thinking. How do you encourage that creative thinking within your organization? You know, I, I think it's actually something that Elon Musk talks about, and it's called the law first principles. So one, one of the things we will do is we will get together as a, as a team and specifically, typically our executive leadership team. And we will, we will all sort of talk together, but a lot of it, you know, a lot of it comes from, so let me just say this, we do it individually and, and then we get together and discuss it as a team, but we'll think about, we always try to go back to the consumer is like, what is the greatest need in the world today, right? So this is how we actually developed bone broth protein is Jordan and I were talking about this as I was having patients at the end of my tail end of being in, in my practice, Jill's when I ran my, my clinic in Tennessee is I would have my patients do bone broth fast. So they would drink a lot of bone broth and veggie juice and I had them do a cleanse. But, you know, for them to make their own bone broth all the time, they'd have to go to the farmer's market, it would take hours and, and the compliance was difficult. So I was talking to Jordan about this and he said, Josh, I have this idea about, because we were about creating a bone broth powder. And I'm like, Jordan, that's the best idea you've ever had. So we created this product called bone broth protein, which is just bone broth and powder form. We just pull out the water is all we do. And so that, but, but we really, it all came to what is a need? A need is people need to get bone broth easier. Uh, we, we want them to get it in their diet every day. So how could we get bone broth in their diet. And so boom, we came with that idea. But really the thing is, it's all about the consumer. It's like, how can we add value to people? Is there a sim more simple way, a more easy way to do it? And so we'll have brainstorms around how do we meet the needs of our, our consumer and add greater value to them? You know, we've come first full circle from the beginning of this interview back to service, right? It was, it's all about service. Um, a quote I heard years ago from a gentleman who was receiving an award, an elderly gentleman, he said, you know, do I really deserve this award? I would say probably not. I'm grateful to receive this award. He said, I learned from my papa years ago that service is the rent you pay for taking up space on the planet. Wow. I love that. That was such a profound quote. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. So full circle all the way around to service. To maybe end with the last question, because I know that you know, you've spent time, energy, money, effort to develop your own leadership skills. And now I know that you lead a group and help people develop their leadership skills through a, a mastermind process, yeah. through a leadership development program. Can you speak to that a little bit and let our audience know what might be available for them if that's something they're looking for? Yeah, so myself, uh, Dr. Dave Tuhill, and Dr. Dan Sullivan, I know you know Dr. Dan very well. We lead a, it's called Infinite Leader, so it's a mastermind group. And so I just, I put together a group of people that I do, that I coach, who really want to change the world with me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm very much aligned like that, Jill's like you are. This is why I love connecting with you, is I want to be around other world changers, and I want to help them grow their business and grow in leadership. And so if people want to check it out, they could probably just search Dr. Axe Infinite Leaders or Dr. Axe Mastermind, and you can find info online and we take, you know, applications and do events four times a year. This is a group of people we've seen doubling and tripling their businesses in terms of whether it's a chiropractic office or online business or whatever it is. So people could check that out online, just search Dr. Axe Mastermind or, but I really do believe mastermind groups and getting coaching from people that do what you want to do is so critical to success. Well, thanks for taking time out uh, with us today. I know that the audience that's listening in uh, will certainly get a lot of benefits 
from hearing what you had to say. Uh, any closing comments for audience? Well, you know, I would say this, you know, uh, remember those two big things. Number one, if you want to grow, you have to spend time growing yourself. So follow that, you know, develop those healthy personal habits, you know, do the spiritual triathlon, read and grow in the morning, but spend time doing that spiritual triathlon. And then also you become who you surround you with. Literally, you become your habits and you become your environment and your environment, a big part is that who you're spending time with. So be conscious, spend some time today writing those things down, scheduling those things in order to, you know, schedule your growth. By the way, Jills, I wanted to say this. You used the word ink earlier, get it in ink with your schedule. You gave me a pen about three years ago, a cross ballpoint pen, which is actually my favorite pen that I literally mark up all my books with. So I want to say thank you for serving me and giving that great gift to me. It's probably the gift. I've actually, I mean, you know, uh, but anyways, I'm just so grateful for you. I love you. I appreciate you. And thanks so much for, you know, helping teach the world about, you know, true servant leadership, which I know you and I share that, that common mission. Well, thanks again for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard this from Dr. Ox. He is a true example of creating the life that you want to create and helping others create their lives as well. Thanks for joining us on today's conversation on leadership, Dr. Ox, and all of you listening in.